The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and it is finally game one of the regular season! Yes, finally! We'll look at tonight's matchup against the New York Rangers. We'll take a look at the final roster and the upcoming schedule for the Washington Capitals on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals, your season premiere of Locked On Capitals here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, the insider to the insiders, Tyler Cool. Guys, we are just a few hours away from puck dropping on the 21-22 season for your Washington Capitals. Oh, kitties, it's so exciting. Finally, it's going to happen. I know it's been a short offseason, but for the Capitals, it's been a little bit longer than I'm pretty sure they would like. We have gone through the lineup through and through. We've said who could make this team, who's not going to make this team, and now we know who's on this team, at least to start the season. We will take a look at that here, the lines, the final roster, who's starting in net tonight against the Rangers. We'll break down the matchup with the New York Rangers and also take a look at the first couple of games, even though really they don't, this is their like a one-off of the Capitals because they don't play again until Saturday. We'll look about that later on today on Locked on Caps. But my goodness, guys, doesn't it just, it just feels good to be back, right? I mean, I know we've been doing the show now for a couple weeks. I have at least, and we've been doing it every single day. But just knowing that there is hockey tonight, doesn't that just warm your soul a little bit? You can go back to your game night routines, whether it be with your special someone or by yourself or with your buddies. Ugh. And granted, tonight I'm going to be having dinner with my dad because it's his birthday. But, you know, I mean, hey, look at the bright side. The game's nationally televised. So if we go to a restaurant or a local establishment, there will be the game on TV on TNT. And I'll give some brief thoughts later on regarding the broadcast last night, uh, the first two games of the season, both on ESPN. We'll do that a little bit later on, though. But I have to thank you guys for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, free and available on all platforms. So what does that mean? I mean, if you're you know, if you're an Apple user, if you'd like a phone that only works half the time, let your Android buddies know that we're available on Google Podcasts. Also, we're available on Spotify, Megaphone, all that good stuff. Wherever you get your podcast, we're on it. Kids, we're one of those cool people. <laughs> so let's let's take a look here at this opening night roster. All the official rosters were announced yesterday, including the Capitals. Now, the NHL only released the just the general roster with the numbers, which I get. We'll kind of break, we'll run through that here in just a minute. Also, I'm going to give you a prediction of what the lines are going to be based on our good friends over there at leftwinglock.com. So the forwards are as follows. Now, yes, we have the big news that came out of yesterday prior to Connor McMichael getting promptly called back up, him and Beck Malenstein both, because remember how in yesterday's show, guys, we said, hey, look, Connor McMichael's going to Hershey. He'll be back soon. Uh, we didn't know soon was three hours. So uh, there is that. I, I like to think I... I knew that was coming. Maybe John Walton and I, when we were talking about it yesterday, kind of knew it was coming, but we did not think it was going to happen that fast. But Nicholas Backstrom is getting put on LTIR, which means that starting tonight will be game one of the 10 games minimum he has to sit out, which opens up the lineup spot for another player. 
Alexander Ovechkin, he was skating yesterday. So, well, Backstrom skated as well, all by himself. Ovechkin was in uh, on and off the ice. But it's still uncertain if he's going to play tonight. Now, yes, we'll have a better idea tomorrow for the morning, or today, excuse me, for the morning skate. 10.30 will be the start time of that, so we'll have a better idea by then. But the, the roster is as follows up front. Alexander Ovechkin, Daniel Sprong, Backstrom on LTIR, Lars Eller, Garnett Hathaway, Connor McMichael, Nick Dowd, Hendricks Lapierre, Anthony Mantha, Tom Wilson, Beck Malenstein, Carl Haglin, Connor Sherry, TJ Oshie, and Evgeny Kuznetsov. So that's up front. Let's let's look at these guys here. First of all, Ovechkin. As I previously mentioned, he was there yesterday practicing, but he wasn't practicing. He was practicing and wasn't practicing. He was going back and forth. It was very funny. He was taking one-timers from his spot at the left wing in the, at the face-off circle, wiring up off the bar, top shelf, so his shot, folks, is okay. The question is, though, is he able to play a full 60 minutes on that leg? That's the hard part. Or what, how many ever minutes he plays. Obviously, he's not going to play the full 60, kids. That'd be ridiculous. I, I think it may be a game or two. He may sit out Saturday. I mean, obviously, maybe at least tonight. Because especially since Saturday is against the defending champion Stanley Cup, defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Ugh, where's that coffee at? But... I think maybe just sitting out opening night here against the Rangers won't be the worst thing. I know it's in front of the home crowd, which everyone will like to see at Capital One to see him on the ice. But like I said, we'll have to wait and see there. Daniel Sprong, I've talked about him a little bit. He's a guy that's always been kind of a little bit under the radar, at least on the East Coast here, because he's played for some lackluster Anaheim Ducks teams, to say the least. I think he'll get some good honest looks this year. Lars Eller and Garnet Hathaway, two guys that are very capable bottom six guys, but can easily play up in the top six. Nick Dowd's the same way. I like Connor McMichael and Hendrick Slapierre, guys. They're in the open night lineup. We'll see what they can do. We'll see where they may fit in the lineup as well. Anthony Mantha, the trade deadline acquisition last year from Detroit, he still has the ability to, still has that scoring touch. That's the reason why they got him in the first place. I think if he gets put with the right guys and continues to produce, he will be on the right path. Tom Wilson, of course, will be doing his hard hitting, mucking and grinding that he likes to do and scoring from time to time on that top line. Beck Malentine may be the 13th guy looking here, maybe in and out of the lineup for a bottom six. Carl Haglin, Connor Sheary, a couple of longtime vets that know the game well, that know how to play the game a certain way. Those are going to be some guys that may be on that third line. Maybe sometimes some second line minutes will be good. TJ Oshing, Evgeny Kuznetsov, two of your veteran guys. And I like I like Kuzi's attitude coming into this season. It just seems like he's more positive, more optimistic. Just feels better, I think compared to last year. On defense, you're going to have Justin Schultz, Nick Jensen, Dimitri Orlov, Martin Feyervari, Matt Irwin, Trevor Van Ruzik, and Johnny Carlson, which no real surprises there ever since we saw Michael Kepney get sent down to Hershey. No one's really shocked that this is the seven that we'll see. Expect to see a little bit of Martin Feyervari kind of be rotated in and out, I think. Matt Irwin, maybe. Those will be the two guys, because obviously Carlson, Orlov, Jensen, and Schultz will be your top four. Van Riemsdyk. I mean, then again, you could see this third pair rotate themselves, all three of them. There's a good chance of that, especially early on in the season, even though October is a pretty light schedule here for the Caps. The goaltenders, obviously, Elias Samsonov, Vitek, Vanacek. Now, from what I've been reading, Vitek, Vanacek will be taking the seat for Game 1. Elias Samsonov, according to Left Wing Lock, will get the start here in Game 1 tonight against the Rangers. not Certainly not a bad matchup. 
you know, yes, Samsonov looked a little shaky in that win against Philadelphia. It didn't play amazing, but, you know, maybe that's the boat of confidence from Coach Peter Laviolette saying, hey, guys, let's let's get it done tonight. Let's let's see if you can do it because it's a couple days off. Not many back-to-back, so maybe you just maybe you just rotate them. I mean, especially in today's NHL where you need a good tandem on your team, you ride the hot hand. You give Samsonov the first start. He's a little bit older. He's been here for a couple of years now. Maybe he just kind of the, quote, veteran status with him, even though I think he's only a year older than Vanacek. So it'll be interesting to see how he does here tonight. Like I said, I'll break down the Rangers here in just a minute. The lines that were practiced, we saw practice on Monday. This was prior to the McMichael getting sent back up and down. It was Kuznetsov centering Tom Wilson and Connor McMichael. We talked a little bit about that, too, with John Walton. Very interesting to see him on the top line. But he has that scoring touch, even though he's a left-handed shot on that left wing, has the ability to make up for the scoring that Ovechkin would be missing on that line. Second line sees Lars Eller with Mantha on the left, Daniel Sprong on the right, Hendricks Lapierre centering the third line, which sees Oshie and Shiri on his wings. That could be good because Oshie's got the scoring touch. Shear likes to go to the net, and LaPierre is a great young playmaker. I'm interested to see how he does there. Nick Dowd, Garnett Hathaway, and Carl Haglin with Dowd centering is the fourth line. Defense, I don't know exactly if this is set in stone or not, but Fayervari was with Johnny Carlson on the top pair, quote-unquote, on Monday with Orlov and Jensen in the second pair. Schultz, Van Riemsdyk third, which means Nick Dowd, or excuse me, Matt Irwin, would be the odd man out there. So, not certainly not a bad lineup, you know. I, and it's funny because, you know, we, we keep talking how they continue to get older to the Capitals. They're getting older. They're getting older. Next thing you know, we see Fairvari, McMichael, and Lapierre on your opening night roster. Someone took that to heart, kids, that they had the oldest lineup in the NHL. So, I mean, they already have, they have the youngest tandem, but now they get a little bit more youthful up front. I believe this could be something here, and this could be a really good lineup. Now, the problem is when Ovi and Backstrom do come back, who gets the axe? That's going to be the hard part. But we'll get there when we get there. So, going to be an exciting lineup to see the team take to the ice tonight. Guys, did I ever tell you about Built Bar? Built Bar. If you don't know what Built Bar is, they have so many delicious flavors. Something for everyone. And we talk to Built Bar fans, they are very passionate about their favorites. They have so many different flavors, guys. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, German chocolate, and more. If you haven't tried all their flavors, it's okay. They have nine total flavors. You can get a mix box where you get two of each of them. Not only Built Bar flavorfuls, Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy, too. 70 18 grams of protein. Calories only ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. And as always, folks, thank you very much for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today and every day, free and available on all platforms. So let's look at tonight's game against the New York Rangers. First of all, yes, let's address the elephant in the room here. Ryan Reeves is going to be in the lineup tonight. The purpose of the Washington Capitals for being tougher, for being more physical. You have guys like Sammy Blay. You bring in guys like Barclay Goudreau. Philip Heidel, I think, will have to be a little bit stronger. 
Kevin Rooney if he's in the lineup tonight. This team was built to be a stronger, more intimidating team. Jared Tenorti as well is another one on the back end. This team was built because of how last season ended. Tom Wilson, yes, German suplexing. Artemi Panarin on the ice, almost cracking his skull open. Yes, we've been down this road. But I think it just kind of works out very interestingly that the Rangers get the first crack at the Capitals, no pun intended, and it certainly is going to make this game must-watch tonight. The first ever game on NHL on TNT, and we're going to see two teams that one team may want to try to kill the other team. The other team is probably wants to play hockey. Now, I, I don't think that the Capitals are shrugging off entirely the fact that the Rangers are a little ticked off the way their season ended last year because they weren't, you're right, they were not going to be a threat come playoff time, but it wasn't like they were totally out of the playoffs at that point when Tom Wilson decided he was going to try to do a, a weird-looking, dumb, shirtless flex on the Rangers last year. The thing is, though, is that I, I don't think it's going to be a full-scale... Battle of Alberta gong show where the gloves are off and they all fight line brawl. I think what's going to happen, because we don't know the starting lineups yet, obviously, a little bit early for that. I think Reeves and Wilson get it out of the way early because that's literally what Reeves... I, I know people hate the idea of having the enforcer or the fighter. I, I get it. It makes sense. I understand why you're why people don't want that anymore. I don't want that either. But there is a spot for fighting in the game to keep players accountable, and this is that reason. This is the reason why you bring in a guy like Ryan Reeves to make sure none of their young guys are hurt. Reeves is listed on the fourth line. Him alongside Dryden Hunt was on the practice on Monday, or excuse me, on Tuesday for the Rangers. So that could be the line that starts off against Wilson and then get it done right off the hop or later on. At some point, it has to happen, okay? I think that's the big thing in all this is that the fight needs to happen, needs to get out of the way. Do some people say that it's drawn out given the fact that it happened last season? Sure. However, you have to remember the Rangers really never got a shot again at Wilson after that fact, given the fact that Panarin was out for the rest of the year and they didn't, I don't think they played each other after that. So uh, something you know, there'll be some fireworks tonight. Obviously, both teams will be jacked up because it is the first game of the season, and you know what? It may lead to some extracurricular activities. I, in terms of the actual front-to-front matchup, I, I mean, Mika Zibanejad signs his big contract, six and a half mil for a low, or excuse me, excuse me, eight point five off the board for a long time. Eight years at eight point five was Zibanejad's recent deal. They have so many players that are signed for so long. Barclay Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau's contract is not, is going to be good for a few years. I mean, will he be worth 3.6 towards the end of his time? I'm not sure. But right now, the way he's played the last couple of years for this, the Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning in back-to-back seasons, oh, yeah, 3.6, 3.65, give or take, is a very good contract. Very good contract. Obviously, Panarin's making well over 11 until 2026, but... This is your he's your MVP. He's one of your best players. You pay that guy like that. Chris Kreider is making six and a half for a long time, long, long, long time to the end of 2027. And six and a half is a fair deal, even though he can't skate. Shout out to Carey Price, by the way. I I like this. I mean, this is gonna be a tougher team this year. 
both physically and I think they're a little bit older. I believe Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere are in the same boat where they're going to play a little bit more and be expected up a little bit more. I think that's deservedly so. Both guys are top picks in the draft. Lafreniere, a couple of years ago, number one overall. Caco, number two, not too long ago. So with that said, I believe they're going to be destined for a little bit better performance. Jacob Truba is still the number one guy in the back end, for better or worse, for the Rangers. They they bring in Patrick Nemeth. They have Keandre Miller, who I think is one of the underrated young defensemen in this league. I think Ryan Lindgren can be a guy that's going to be great for them. Obviously, Adam Fox, if any Norris Trophy winner, is on his last year of his ELC. That's still bonkers to me. I feel like I've known this guy for years. I'm pretty sure Nashville fans know him all so well. Alexander Georgiev is one of the other young goaltenders. Talk about how Washington's the youngest tandem. Second youngest is the Rangers. Alexander Georgiev will be backing up tonight. Igor Shosturkin, a battle of all Russian goaltenders here tonight in Washington, D.C. Shosturkin's numbers were not that bad last year, guys. I, I mean, they're sure the goals against average will be a little askew, but, you know, 916 save percentage in 35 games. I think he played good. The team itself was just inconsistent last year, so it kind of put a damper on things for him. I really think he's going to be, he could be the goaltender of the future in New York. Even though Alexander Georgiev looked like he had that bit, Sisterkin signed on for 5.6666666666666 repeating their 2025. So you can tell that that is the plan with, I mean, that was Jeff Gordon signing, obviously, but with Chris Jury's team now moving forward. You got to think that he'll he'll be the guy that they keep trying to peg. Now, will they want a little bit more, a little bit more of a backup, or excuse me, a little bit more? I don't want to say solidarity, a more solid backup in Georgiev. I'm not sure. I think he's a solid goaltender, but he's making two point four two five right now, and he has Arbright's after this season. So if he has a good year, the Rangers may have to try to figure out what they want to do, given the fact that right now they they do have a little over eight million cap space. But that said, you have to re-sign Ryan Strom next year, Sammy Blake, Capo Caco at the end of his contract, and also Adam Fox. And that's going to be a big chunk of change, given the fact that he is a Norris winner now. So they're going to have there's going to be some decisions to be made after this season for the New York Rangers. Now, yes, we have to get to the end of the season first because we haven't even started it yet. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. Both teams jacked up. If Ovi's in the lineup. It, it certainly could turn things in favor of Washington, but I'm interested to see how McMichael and LaPierre play. This is real NHL hockey now. They both looked good in the preseason against uh, hybrid lineups at some points. Obviously, later on in the preseason, the last couple of games have been more majorly seen NHL players on both sides. But I think with the limelight on them, I think I'm interested to see how they do. I think they both can easily produce, but you know, sometimes in the puck drops in the regular season, things can get a little bit hairy, so... We'll take a look here at the, like I said, the upcoming schedule as well, even though the next game's out for a couple days. And also, I'll talk about the ESPN broadcast last night, the first two games of the regular season. But we're back, guys, better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron this season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. A new updated website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. 
From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule. The only re- the games that I think we're really excited to see, I mean, they are the next two. They are all home, three home games for Washington. Not many road games this month. At least not off the east. They don't go far off the eastern seaboard, which is nice. They host Tampa on Saturday, then have another couple days out before they take on Colorado on Tuesday. So it's it's a real tough start for the Capitals here, guys. They take on the two-time defending Tech Cup champs, who we'll get to in a minute, did not look the best last night. And they have a Colorado Avalanche team. While they did some retooling, could certainly be a tough team to watch out for just because the fact that they're definitely probably going to take that central division, even though it's going to be a very competitive central division. And even with McKinnon out, I don't, I think he'll be back by Tuesday. I know he had to, he's gonna have to sit out their opening night game because of COVID, but I think he'll be back by next Tuesday in DC. So we'll obviously have to keep our eyes and ears to the ground for that. Let's look at the games that happened last night, Pittsburgh over Tampa, six to two, Two goals in the second period, four in the third. Brian Boyle, there you talk about a fun story, guys. And I, I've always loved Brian Boyle. You know, back when he was in Toronto, in New York, the big bus on skates gets a goal shortly after signing, getting signed out of his PTO. Teddy Bluger, Dan Heinen, they all get goals for Pittsburgh. I think, and they outshot Tampa. They outplayed Tampa. Now, yes, banner raising ceremony makes it a little bit tougher some teams, but. Man, guys, Pittsburgh uh, showing that, hey, we don't need Crosby and Malkin. At least last night they didn't. The nightcap was the, a very marquee matchup because it was the first ever game in the history of the Seattle Kraken, but they lost. Lose 4-3. to three. Even they put up a heck of a fight, Ryan Donato gets the first ever goal in Seattle Kraken history. They were down 3 to nothing, guys, and came all the way back to tie it. Unfortunately, Chandler Stevenson scored the game-winning goal less than, about, uh, I'd say, about 40 seconds after Morgan Geeky scored to tie the game. Morgan Geeky. You talk about a guy that's seen a lot of power play time. So I'm on the power play a lot last night for Seattle. That I think this, I mean, it's so funny because we look at like Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson as like go-to guys for Vegas. Remember when Vegas started and we saw those guys in the lineup, we thought, what in the blue blazing is George McPhee doing over there? And then they became two of their best players on their team. So you never know, guys. Morgan Geeky could be that guy. I mean, there's a couple faces that we may see be those kind of players for Seattle this season. So not a, obviously not a win, not as kind of a historic start as Vegas had a couple of years ago, but you know what? Certainly some promising outlook for the Kraken. Let's look at some other games that are going to be going on tonight. Toronto and Montreal renewing their rivalry in the six at the seven o'clock game. Rangers and Washington, obviously at seven 30 on our good friends and TNT. Winnipeg and Anaheim at 10 o'clock. Chicago visiting Colorado at 10 o'clock. That'll be the second game on TNT. Vancouver and Edmonton out west. 10 o'clock start as well. All good hockey games all season long. I'm just going to give my take here on the ESPN broadcast last night. Not bad. I, You know, it, it didn't, it wasn't off. I mean, I have nothing really to gripe about. You can tell Sean McDonough has not done a lot of hockey lately. I remember it's funny, my good buddy Peyton Turnage down in Nashville, um, by the way, uh, The Predator Way is his podcast. He, he was texting me last night, and he's like, man, you can tell this guy has not done hockey since the 98 Olympics. I forgot that when CBS had the Olympics, those the 94, 98 years, 
Sean McDonough was the guy that called the games in Nagano for the Americans. But I just remember so many highlights now from 98 with Bob Cole and Harry Neal. So that's probably why I don't necessarily kind of put Sean McDonough when it comes to my mind into those Olympics. But, you know, yeah, he'll figure it out. He It wasn't like he was totally awful. I don't like the words and a goal when it comes to those sort of things, especially in hockey. But then again, it's a, it's a different different network. They like him. He's been there for a long time, and I guess it just happens to work out. Uh, John Butcher-Gross was on the call Brian Boucher. First of all, Brian Boucher on the call is never a bad thing. Loved him when he ended. Uh, he's going there with NBC. Um, Butcher-Gross, he's getting better. He's not as much of a fan. It sounds like he's getting a little bit better with the calling and not going over the top because it seemed like those first couple of years when he was doing the Frozen Four, he would just go way over the top. So good to see him uh, kind of settling into his own a little bit, being a play-by-play guy. Shout out to Emily Kaplan, by the way, being the rinkside correspondent for the Pittsburgh-Tampa game of NHL on ESPN. She's been there before NHL was on ESPN. Her and Greg Wyshynski had their own show, and she's a very, very notable figure in the hockey media game now. And now that she's going to be on TV more often, we're going to get to see her beautiful face all the time now, which is awesome to see indeed. So... A lot of good hockey tonight. A lot of interesting hockey to see and need as well. Pretty much going to be a simple show tomorrow. Recapping the game and getting ready for Saturday, if you will. Friday, though. Friday. It's going to be a packed show. Friday's going to be a fun show, guys. Mainly because we have a couple of guests. One is a gentleman from Toronto that's going to help me break down this Metropolitan Division in full. And another... We're going to be hitting the farm on Friday. So you better, better stay tuned for that. But like I said, tomorrow we'll be recapping the game, look at the rest of the night's action, and get you set for Saturday. Friday, a little bit of that as well. But we're going to be doing a little bit more of a broader look on Friday here on Locked on Capitals. Now, thank you once again for making Locked on Capitals your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scotty Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you the expert of your fantasy league free and available on all platforms once again folks we'll be back tomorrow to tell you about the first game of the regular season for the washington capitals yes don't avert your eyes or your ears i mean we're not on the eyes yet we're working on that but don't avert your ears i'll also be on lockdown now i'll be giving a quick post-game reaction to the game one minute of me screaming about whether they won, they lost, they fought, they scored, who knows what, who made saves, who didn't make saves, all that. It'll be exciting. By the way, also, one more take on the game tonight. Peter Laviolette right now, one win behind John Tortorella for most wins by a U.S.-born head coach, has a chance to tie history Well, the Caps bench boss tonight. So definitely keep your eyes and ears open for that. Once again, folks, thank you for listening to this edition, this Wednesday, October 13th edition of Locked On Capitals. We'll see you tomorrow after game one of the Rangers and Caps.